Connecting life and faith. This is Connection. I want people to know that there's a reason to keep going because joy is available for all of us. It sure is. But how do we find that joy? And what's the difference between true joy and happiness? Well, we're joined today by best-selling author Mary Catherine Backstrom. She recently released a book, Crazy Joy, Finding Wild Happiness in a World That's Upside Down. And in there, she talks about the difference between happiness and joy. She talks about her own struggles with this, her addiction to happiness, and how she eventually found joy. Today's guest is a returning guest. She's best known for her viral videos and candid writing on family, faith, and mental illness. She's also known for her books. We're joined today by Mary Catherine Backstrom. Her most recent release is her book, Crazy Joy, Finding Wild Happiness in a World That's Upside Down. The thing I really love about you, and most people will love about you, <laughs> is this this joy that you have, which we're going to get around to that joy in a little bit. Most people see you, they see a woman filled with joy. They see a woman that is so happy, always full of giggles. But what most people don't know, well, unless they follow you and know a lot about you, is that inside there's a lot more going on with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for that awesome intro. Yes, I am somewhat known for my hysterical laughter and silly, lighthearted antics. And so I have often gotten the question in the comments of my Facebook page and social media, um, MK, how are you so happy all the time? And this book that I've written, Crazy Joy, is really an answer to that question because it was bothering me. I kept thinking, what, what have I done to trick these people? I'm not happy all the time. <laughs> I struggle with serious anxiety and depression. I have multiple diagnoses uh, of mental illness. And there are days where I just can barely get out of bed. But I wanted to examine this question that I was so frequently asked. And what I discovered is there's a big difference between being a happy person and having joy. And I kind of fell in love with that difference because I realized Joy is way more equitable. It's accessible to everybody, regardless of your struggle, regardless of your mental health. And so the whole book is my little ode to joy, this crazy little resilient thing that keeps people living. And I think, honestly, if I were to tell you I had one takeaway for this book, it would be I want people to know that there's a reason to keep going because joy is available for all of us. You uh, mentioned something there that caught my attention. Joy is a, a big thing for me because I struggle with joy. I often actually, in my prayer journal, I begin my yeah. prayers with, Lord, let your joy be upon me because yes. it's often not. <laughs> but yes. so you mentioned like happiness. What's the difference between happiness and the difference between joy then? Can you go further on that? Oh, it's funny. You should ask, Mike. That's kind of my jam is going further. on. This <laughs> um, I know no. I follow you on Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, first of all, for your support. And also that really awesome question, because what an alley-oop for me. Um, joy is incredibly different. I feel like happiness is circumstantial. Happiness, if we're, since I am here with my people, with my Jesus lovers, I can kind of throw out some uh, church speak and y'all will understand it. So I don't have to unpack that too much. But honestly, I would say happiness is a worldly thing. It is very much something that we experience here that comes and goes with the wind. Joy is entirely different. Um, there's actually scripture and I cannot remember the reference, but it says like the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. Um, 
And I started researching that a little bit because I do believe that joy is a spiritual thing. We see so many examples in scripture of people who like some of my favorites are in Proverbs because they're just so no Proverbs, uh, Psalms, Psalms, because they're so dramatic, y'all. They're like, yeah. Oh, I'm in the green pastures. And it's like, where are you, God? You've turned your face away from me. You know? um, and I just, I think they're so relatable. I'm like definitely a little bit neurodivergent too. <laughs> um, but no, joy is so different because joy stays with us. It sticks to our ribs. And it's something that we can grow inside of us, but it takes choices in our lives. Um, uh-huh. Happiness is not really a choice. Happiness, um, some people don't have happy lives. Let's be honest about that, Um, especially in different sides of the world and different socioeconomic situations. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer at one phase of my life. That was not happy. Um, But there was something resilient that was a little light inside of me that said, there's things here that are worthwhile. Keep going. And it's very hard to define because joy is not a hard science, but it's there. And I feel like it's a smoothie of a bunch of other things like hope and contentment and peace. And, you know, I have a whole book on it, so it's so hard Mm -hmm. to just make it a short (laughs) answer. But yes, there is a difference. It's a big one. I really liked you said like happiness is kind of circumstantial, right? And um, but joy is not. And a lot of people, they'll know the verse Philippians 413. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What he's saying in that passage, though, is my circumstances will not determine my joy. He's in prison. He's sick. There's a bunch of stuff going on, right? And he says, uh, my circumstances won't determine my joy. I can do all things through Christ. So, yeah. Right. And that is 100 percent like a mic drop moment about joy, because that was one of the that was one of the key verses that brought me into this. So thanks for um, reference. I was real. I was realizing that. even though there are there are probably people right now, maybe even listening, who have experienced bad, bad, bad things that might rise to the level of biblical era prison. But I did do some searching and biblical era prison was super bad. There were not um, gyms and like outdoor basketball time and square meals. Um this was like a rodent infested floor with no bathroom and constant mockery and absolutely no honoring of his personhood or humanity. And for him to utter that in those circumstances really speaks to the resilience of joy. And it spoke to my heart because I have gotten to some really low places, um, given there weren't rats on the floor and I still had a bathroom, but low places. And my mental health has like lied to me and told me that those places weren't worth staying in. And so I had this little spark that was whispering in my heart. And I believe it was a God whisper that said, no, keep going. And there's things we can do in our lives to grow that spark. Um, and I talk about them in the book, but also I'm going to turn a question on y'all because um, one, I'm tired of talking about myself, but two, you might know <laughs> My voice is like a little baby frog right now because I've been talking so much. But I have in the book, I I divide kind of conversations into there are catalysts to joy and there are speed bumps on our journey to joy. For me, a speed bump is, for instance, mental illness or um, financial stress, frankly, is one. Uh, There's catalyst and everybody kind of has one. Mine is I'm a giver. I love to give things. Uh-huh. That's a big catalyst of joy for me. Um, and then my question for you is, 
if you were to look at your life, what are some things that really bring you joy that you would say, I'm not sure that I can say this is joy, but it certainly facilitates it in my life. Playing with my kids. <laughs> I was oh, going to go yes. down the same bro, or same line as you. <laughs> and it's so be- that's such a beautiful example, too, because parenthood is not easy. No, no. <laughs> no. That's why I like playing <laughs> <Yep>. with them. <laughs> exactly. It's like, right. But there's like so much of the hard stuff. And and that stuff is valid. But then you like, I've been away from my kids now for six days on a book tour. I'm not going to lie to you. There's like about 36 hours where that was really delightful. And I was not missing them even a little bit. Mm-hmm. But ever since that 36 hour mark, my heart has been home. I'm like, oh, man. I need my babies. They bring me so much joy. Um, it's the hard stuff that I was like, yay. I, you know, I'm not getting up early. I'm not doing the driving to school. I'm not doing the um, shuttling back and forth. But man, the hard stuff brings, it ushers in so much beauty. And uh, I think that's the difference between like happiness and joy, right? Is um, joy is kind of sandwiched in sometimes with some weird and heavy and hard. Um, happiness is just a sunny day. <laughs> um, it's like, as soon as the storm comes through, oh, well, you know, happiness has checked out. We need something else to check back in. How do we get over that addiction of wanting to chase happiness? Because it, like you said, it's just this quick fix. It's yeah. there. How do we yeah. get over that? Well, I, I think the most important thing that you clarified is that we're addicted to the chase of it. Um, there is nothing wrong with happiness. And I grab it anywhere and everywhere I can. I love a good windows down, music up, you know, sitting on a Coke Zero moment in my car. That is happy. Um, but the joy is the dif- the difference being like when it's time to roll the windows up and it's cold outside and my ice has melted. Um then something else kicks in and we just need to be ready at all times to be, to have our joy built up to sustain us because happiness is so circumstantial. And I think breaking the addiction of the chase is just realizing that it's fruitless. I mean, it's like chasing a butterfly. You might get one, you might not like, are you really going to wear yourself out? There's other things to get. So I guess if happiness is the butterfly, and I'm going to go super meta here because I have had a lot of coffee, um, <laughs> wait for the moment where it finds you, you know, <laughs> uh, and then joy is learning to live in the peace and let the butterflies come. And oh my gosh, that was so super duper cheesy. If that was a book, I would have edited it right out, but no. you don't get that privilege on radio <laughs> <and> podcast. <laughs> That's the reality of life though. And we absolutely love it. Uh, I'm okay with being cheesy. I own it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now throughout this entire interview, you brought it up a thousand times, your mental health and how important it is for you to discuss this. Why is that so important to you? Because nobody discussed it around me when I was little. And so um, I thought that I grew up with a lot of presuppositions about myself that were wrong. I thought my ADHD was a character defect. I thought that my inability to finish tasks was, um, it it reflected negatively on my person as if I was less of a Christian and less of a good human being because I had a hard time getting things done and time and focusing. And that's just one aspect. I mean, I also have bipolar. And so, you know, I, I switched back and forth between mania and just very dark depressive episodes. And, Um, especially on a spiritual level here, you know, the church, I believe for a while has failed us. And so we've got to start bringing this out that 
mental illness is not a spiritual failure. It's not a character failure. And step one in having that understanding is normalizing these conversations. And so I'm trying to be that um, one of the many voices in normalizing discussions surrounding mental illness um, because mental illness happened to me in the same way cancer did. I had no choice. And you nobody ever told me that I needed to um, buck up and and chin up when I had cancer. They were there to support me and pray for me and serve me. And I believe that people who struggle with mental illness deserve the same love and support and kindness. And so I continue to use my platform to bang this drum and make mental discussions surrounding mental health and mental illness just normal, like the weather. Um, You know, I just feel like it's such a healthier world when we can see each other with our struggles and not have to deny those things to love each other. You're fairly open on social media, like, like very, very open. Mm. Um, Have you, have you found people's responses changing? Like, um, you know, I don't know, maybe there's a big fear before being honest like this from a church or Christian context. And then people do come at you like, well, your faith is lacking. Right. Right. And things like that. But I find more and more people are like, thank you for speaking like this and and making me feel not alone. So it's it's been a little bit of both. Um, I know there's a scripture reference about um, pruning and growth, and it's just very specific about when a plant is growing, you have to do a lot of work to cut things away. Um, I feel like I view my audience very similarly. Sometimes I like to do what I call shaking the tree. And when I start getting a lot of those negative comments of um, that are not edifying and that are not lifting up me or my community, um, I do some pruning. You know, honestly, you've got to you've got to remove voices in your life that are not spiritually uplifting and affirming who you are. And so um, there was a time when I started speaking out on this where I got a lot of pushback. But through moderators, yay, and through them just deciding to either part ways with my page or learn to do better and see things differently, my audience has become collectively more supportive and affirming. And I like to think that I had something to do with that, or maybe I'm just finding my people. But all I can tell you is the more authentic I have been over time, I have found a better, more authentically loving community. At the end of the day, it's important to be yourself and to not pretend to be someone else. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And for so many reasons, you know, one, um, you're robbing yourself of who God created you to be um, and what a joy it is to be that unique creation. And surely uh, with all the time you spent weaving you together in all your weird and wonderful ways, like Mm -hmm. you have a purpose to serve. But then the other thing is, you're robbing the world of the joy of knowing your weirdness and you're wonderful. Um, I tell people all the time, it's your weird that makes you wonderful. And I used to say that, and I wasn't really sure that I believed it. It was kind of a fake it till you make it platitude. Like, yeah, weird is great. You know, right. Right. <laughs> I really hope you all agree with me here. But what I found is like the more ridiculous, crazy, um, just almost unhinged, hilarious stories I've shared and weird things that I've shared of myself the more I have connected with people on a real level. And so I do think that that bringing your brokenness and bringing yourself to the table is the most important thing to do when it comes to facilitating true community. And hey, by the way, that's a catalyst to joy. 
<laughs> yes, being vulnerable, being you, being weird. I tell my daughter to be weird all the time, to never hold back on that because she is so weird and I absolutely love that about her. <laughs> oh, and it's so easier to see it in our children than ourselves, right? Like we would yes. never talk to our kids the way we talk to ourselves internally. <laughs> so I try to use that that gauge of, is this something I would tell my little toodle-boot? No, I'm not going to say it to myself either then. <laughs> Toodle boot. That just made my day. Yeah, now I'm going to call my daughter a toodle boot. Oh, my oh, goodness. <laughs> toodle boot. It's so much fun. Now, nicknames are life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> going back to your book, Crazy Joy, Finding Wild Happiness in a World That's Upside Down, that that book is being released today. For those interested in learning more about it, learning more about you, how can they go about doing that? Well, I did a really cool thing about seven years ago, and I decided to change all of my handles to just my name. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of having to find like some cool, edgy name, like I believe, I won't say Mom Babble, was either cool or edgy. That may have been one of the reasons <laughs> I moved away from it. But you can honestly find me by my name, Mary Catherine Backstrom, on most platforms. I'm on TikTok doing a different thing, on Facebook doing a different thing. I'm trying to figure out Instagram. Um, I kick sometimes kick ant hills on Twitter, but um, Facebook's my jam, and I would love to meet anybody wherever they can find me. Thank you so much for making time for us. Yeah, blast oh. talking with you again. Y'all are an absolute delight. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.